All right, guess what, you guys? You're back, or maybe you're not. Maybe you're here for the very first time. But either way, this is Behind the Visual with Mark Hansen, the podcast where I interview all those people responsible for the images and videos you see out in your world every single day. I am your host, advertising lifestyle photographer, Mark Hansen. And today, my guest is Crystal Mortimer. Crystal is the executive producer, brand lead for Nike Global and North America at Wyden and Kennedy. This is an interesting podcast. This is a very cool, very fun interview. You guys definitely need to check this one out. Let me know what you think about it. Thumbs up it, comment on it, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. But this is a cool one. Crystal works at Wyden and Kennedy. She is on the Nike account, as I've already said. And she has worked with pretty much every major athlete you can think of. Kobe being a main one, Kobe Bryant. Um, also worked with LeBron James. She has worked in, uh, with Cristiano Ronaldo. And she has some really cool stories about all those. She even has a cool one about the time she played horse with Kobe. And it was very close. And maybe she won. You have to check that one out and find out exactly how that went. But great story. Um, she also talks about the other thing she does, which is past life regression therapy. Very cool stories on that as well. Tells you a little bit about how she does the past life regression. Whether you believe it or not, I think listening to Crystal talk, you will start to believe it. And it's a very cool thing. I'm definitely going to have to sign up for this thing and do it myself. But um, she takes you back to past lives and you figure out why you have some of the issues you have in your life today. Why you might be so screwed up or anxious about something. Could have something to do with the life you lived before this one. So anyway, check it out. Let me know what you think. I think you guys are going to love this one. And I look forward to hearing all about it. So, so tell me a little bit about you. Like, where'd you grow up? How'd you get into all this? But where'd you grow up, first of all? So I grew up in Eugene, Oregon. Okay. Um, and if you know Eugene, I actually grew up in Pleasant Hill, which is right. like 20 minutes south of Eugene. Ah. Um, yeah. So. We have land in Myrtle Point. Oh, okay. Do you know where that is? You know, it's so fun. Well, I played basketball and I feel like we played Myrtle Point a couple of times and they were a smaller school. Them? Oh, yeah. I think we did. No. Yeah. <laughs> I think that town has one stoplight. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like Pleasant Hill as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So very similar. Yeah. I was going to ask you what sport you played because I saw that you said you played sport. So you played basketball, huh? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Basketball was my first love. Yeah. What position? Um, I was a shooting guard, oh. um, but that got a little challenging when I got to college because I'm only five, five. Oh, well, <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> I was very, very, I always got, um, mistaken for, um, a gymnast when oh, I was around the yeah. athletes. They're like, are you a gymnast? I'm like, no, I'm on the hoop team. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Muggsy Bogues. Like, yeah. Uh, He's a tiny, that dude's what, like five, five, isn't he? Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, pretty short. So. I want to try and really quick. I want to try and figure out a way. Um, 
to just put it on you. Oh yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I right. self you. Boom. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, so now I got it. So it's you here and I, I'm a little up there. Yeah. So yeah. Well, yeah. So you played in college as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I played, um, at Boise state. I first went to Boise state and then I transferred to Lewis and Clark college. Okay. Was, um, Boise state was that a scholarship thing or you just wanted to go there? It was, yeah. I got a full ride there, which was my, my dream. Um, and that was awesome. Um, and then, yeah, I went to Lewis and Clark and I was on uh, some type of partial scholarship to be honest I still don't know exactly what that was right <laughs> but I was there and they were helpful well, that's good yeah my daughters are on a scholarship too daddy scholarship yeah right <laughs> I know I have two daughters um 13 and 14 so oh wow I know all about that you went back to back I did wow yeah. that's impressive yeah yeah, yeah. Mine are 21 and 18. So I've actually one has been in for three years, has one year left, and then my other one starts okay. this year. Okay. Yeah, so she starts August something. Wow. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to talk more about that because. Yeah. So, okay. So after, how did you get into advertising? So if you're going to school for basketball, what led you into <laughs> producing, advertising, all that kind of stuff? Where'd that come from? Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to figure out like where to start because there were so many interesting things that happened um, just with basketball, um, just yeah. the connections I made and the people I met that kind of came up later when I started at Widen. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I, I started with basketball. Um, I, so I guess I'll start with when I was in high school. I was a part of this basketball program called Triple Threat Basketball. Um, and they were based in Portland, Oregon. And it was an elite basketball academy. Um, and he trained pro players down to like elementary kids. Oh, wow. Um, and if you made his um, AAU team, you were pretty much guaranteed a Division One scholarship. Um, wow which was amazing. So I, I ended up making his, his women's team. Um, and I guess I got to tell this part of it. When I was 17, I went to a Lakers game with my coach and I met Kobe. Really? And it was so weird because I was 17 knew obviously nothing about advertising art producing. And I told, I, I met Kobe that day, that night and I told my roommate at the time, because I had moved out of my parents' house to come train up in Portland. So I told my, my um, guardian, um, I'm going to work with him someday. And she was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> All right, hopefully it's you okay. Can, can. Definitely, yeah. Um, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know why I said that, but I just feel like we're going to work together someday. Um, so forgot all about that. Um, but of course, Kobe is like favorite player from day one, uh, went to college, went to Boise State, uh, majored in business at first, okay. transferred to Lewis and Clark, switched my major to art with emphasis in photography. Um, and, you know, at that age, you're not really thinking about what am I going to do as a career in my right. life? It's 
I, I guess I was just assuming I would fall into coaching. I, to be honest, I really wasn't thinking about it. Um, and I want to say my junior, probably my junior year going into my senior year, my brother was like, my older brother was like, you know what, you should probably, you know, I don't know, start thinking about an internship and crazy enough. He was like, I don't know. Why don't you think about Wyden and Kennedy as an art producer on the Nike account? literally what my brother said really? he knew somebody that worked at Wyden okay. and I was like I was like what's Wyden and Kennedy and uh he was like no they do have like the Nike commercials and of course I had seen the Nike commercials I just didn't put it together right and it was Wyden and Kennedy um so I was like yeah that yeah that actually sounds perfect you know sports and photography and then sure enough um you know, a, a father that I had, I trained with one of his kids at triple threat. He was the creative director on the Nike basketball account. His name's Jimmy Smith. Um, and he did that like freestyle, um, Nike commercial, like dribbling to the beat one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I knew him, um, which was kind of my like key in and, um, yeah, they're having like a paid internship that I applied for in the art production department. And um, it went well. Um, and then I get a call and, and they were like, they left me a message and they were like, hey, you know, we really loved you. Um, we're actually not having the internship program this year. But if we were, we, we totally would have hired you. So thank you. <laughs> I was like, what? Okay. So, um, so I called back and was just, you know, my dad was like, you should still do it, you know, maybe do it for school credit or something. And um, so, yeah, I called back and I was like, I'd still like the opportunity. I'll be an unpaid intern for you. Um, do you think you can give me school credit? And of course, um, the head of art production was like, hell yeah, you can work for us for free. So that's how I started. Yeah, as an unpaid intern. That's and crazy. I've now been there, I want to say 18 years um, and just kind of worked, worked my way up. Um, I've been on the Nike account for, I assisted obviously at the first like three to four years, right. but have been on the Nike account that entire time. Um, wow. And so to bring it full circle, I ended up working with Kobe from his first campaign to his memorial Really? Um, so yeah, that was wild because my That's crazy my friend still brings that up. Remember when you were 17 and you said I'm gonna work with him? Yeah, I'd bring that up too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a trip. Yeah. Wow, I can't believe it. Well, okay. Yeah, I mean, did, you had to have known something deep down, I guess, someplace to just hit you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because now I know, I know, you know, a little bit about the spiritual work that I do um, where it's like, yeah, when I look back, I was like, oh man, I was getting these downloads young Um, and they wouldn't make sense when they'd come through, but sometimes I'd communicate and sometimes I wouldn't. um, But that's a prime example of sometimes when I get the, when I get these downloads. Right. Yeah. Wow, that's really, and you've been on Nike the entire time you've been there. Send help. <laughs> what was your, okay, so I'm assuming you've done a lot of big shoots because it's Nike. What was yeah. the one that was your first one and you had the, 
your biggest position on the shoot? Was there ever one, I guess, where you were like, you went into it and you're thinking, wow, this is, I'm nervous. This is a, I could, I don't want to screw this one up kind of thing. Oh man, that's a good question. Um, honestly, I feel like all the LeBron ones, the Kobe ones, um, those always, you always felt the pressure on those ones. Um, especially LeBron, there was a lot of pressure to make sure those ones were buttoned up. Um, like you, you know, we had to measure how many feet he had to walk from his motorhome to set time out, how long that's going to take. It had to be dialed. Um, Oh yeah. And a funny story about that actually is, is part of his writer, you know, athletes always have their writer, um, is tropical Skittles is always on his writer. <laughs> he never touches the tropical Skittles either, but it's on his writer. Is that and... one of those to make sure you're paying attention kind of things? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> right. Um, and yeah, I mean, everything was going great. We got everything on his writer. We were all prepped, ready for the shoot. We were at the pre-pro with his, you know, main contact. And I, at the end, I was like, oh, super minor can't find the tropical skittles and it was like silence it was like what i was like we'll find the tropical skittles (laughs) so there was actually another shoot going on that we were going to pass him to and we called that line producer we're like do you guys have tropical skittles can you share some with us um wow yeah and he doesn't eat them no he never (laughs) no Was this um, one of those where did you have to measure out how long it took to go from his trailer to set? Was that because of like he's there for a specific amount of time, or was it also in his rider that he can't walk more than twenty steps from his trailer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's it's just to be dialed with time yeah. and, and just to be prepared with the information for sports marketing. Like, okay, he, you know, it's roughly about fifty feet from set. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I would say I would, I I feel like in the Cristiano Ronaldo's um, that was interesting for me because I've mostly worked with, you know, to me, the, the big shoots were the NBA players. Right. Um, But it's a whole other level when you're dealing with these global football players like Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, Yeah my tactics don't work as well with football. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm just more on the vibration of the NBA players with like the music taste right. and everything. And we had a big Cristiano shoot. Um, I want to say in Barcelona and we were there, I want to say for three or four days. Um, and you know, with stills, when you're shooting in conjunction with TV, you get what you get in yes. terms of timing. Still, stills and, are this redheaded stepchild. Absolutely. Yeah. I get that. Um, and, you know, day one, we had pre-lit, we were dialed. I think we originally asked for an hour. We had like 14 <laughs> setups to get. And then, you know, day one, we don't get them. Um, so we're, pra- we, so we practice all day. Okay. And I was like, okay, you know, I, I know we said we need an hour, but we've literally practiced this 50 times. I think we can get away with 30 minutes. Day two. I, you know, Hey, you think he's going to come to our set today? 
we don't get them. So I was like, okay, let me pay $5,000 to move our set like right next to TV set. So when he walks out for a break, he has to come with us, right? Or come to us. So we do that. We spend the money, wow. move closer to set. I think there was like an, so by that time I was like, okay, now we've really practiced. Like I just oh, need yeah. 15 minutes. I just need 15 minutes. Um, so I want to say we were on our last day and I was like, okay, just give me 10 minutes. I was like, we got this down <laughs> and there was like, okay, he's getting a break and it's a super shoot. So there was like another crew from some other agency there. And I was like, okay, we're right next to TV set. They're like 50 feet away. So then I start like playing whatever hip hop song was in at that time. I'm like, how can you resist? Like we got the jams playing, you know, he walked right by us <laughs> to that other set. Um, Were they playing different music? Or yeah, they... maybe some European flair. <laughs> I don't know. But I was like, what? Okay. Um, so we finally got him. And his, they were like, nobody speaks to Cristiano. And I was like, well, I'm going to speak to Cristiano. I was say, somebody's got to, don't they? Yeah. You know? Um, so we get him. I think we got him for a minute, two minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> but how we many were, setups were you trying to do? <laughs> we, we, we probably ended up doing like seven or eight. Wow. But, I, but I will say like he hit. Like he was hitting them. I was like, oh, I was impressed. I was like, wow. And we, and we were dialed. We were going, we were going. And so after I, you know, I went up to him to thank him, you know, and I don't even think I was on the same like frequency. Like I, this sounds funny, but I don't even know if he saw me as a per, like as a right. man it like human because I right. went up to him to like shake his hand and he literally like went right by me and I was like damn <laughs> and my account person was like I got that on film <laughs> <laughs> so embarrassing but um, oh wow <laughs> yeah well I have found and I was I was hoping that was gonna be the case with him that these celebrities that had their picture taken a lot pretty much have it now because i've shot a few from yeah. whether it's musicians or race car drivers or whatever around here that you're set up they come in and they just nail it and yeah you just in and out where a model's going to take you an hour or totally yeah yeah he was impressive like he was flipping up and again i'm more of a hooper but he was doing where he where he was jumping up in the air and doing a scissor kick thing and landing on a pad and it was just like beautiful I was oh, like, wow. damn, all right, maybe we only need two minutes. <laughs> that's pretty cool, though. <clears throat> okay, so that's impressive. So who yeah. haven't you worked with? Is there somebody that you want? Because it sounds like you've worked with tons of the big names. Is there somebody that you want to work with that you haven't worked with? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, you know what? I it's interesting. I have to I have to admit um I feel like everything kind of happens for a reason. Like I definitely feel like I was brought to widen to work with Kobe, work closely with Kobe. Yeah. Um, and so I, yeah, I feel so honored. I could have worked. I worked with him his whole career. Like I'd always get so excited for his shoots 
it always felt special to me. Um, so when he passed, I honestly like, yeah, I've been, I don't know, I've been kind of bummed and I don't know, I don't know if anyone else has kind of taken the place in terms of like, oh, I'm really looking forward to shooting this person. Right. Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's anyone that I, you know. Does no. Nike still do stuff with Michael Jordan? I haven't been paying attention to Jordan lately. Well, we, I primarily, we, brand Jordan is kind of new to the Portland office. Okay. Um, but in the past, I've worked mostly Nike and they don't often cross over yeah. with brand Jordan athletes, but that could be cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be excited about that one. Yeah. That might, that might, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure how that worked with him because I know that he has his own thing, but I wasn't sure if it was like still worked with Nike some or if it crossed over or what was going on with that. So Yeah. Yeah. And I also feel like when when you work with the Kobe's and the LeBrons, it's like, I don't know, these these younger athletes, I'm like, ah, little youngins, you know. <laughs> it's hard to get excited about them. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Zion, who's was who's he? Who's got him? He's with Brand Jordan. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, because he's a baby. <laughs> yeah, he's a baby. They're babies. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, it sounds like you have a very cool job. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is cool. Um, you know, Unless it's you travel. Hard. Well, you know, that's the thing. Um, it's harder. At, yeah. at this point in my life, it's harder to be traveling just with kids and their oh, yeah. schedule um, that I kind of pick and choose which shoots I travel on now, oh, that's which, nice. which is nice as much as I can. Um, so myself, um, so on the, the Nike account, we have an integrated production team um, and I kind of, I'm one of the EPs that has the art production expertise and then my partner has more of a film broadcast expertise um and we have a pool of producers um that are a mix of film art digital experiential so oftentimes um we kind of more so all the projects come through jake and i and we kind of oversee the producers and then we we produce what we can right well but i i definitely try and do more of the simple shoots now um yeah. yeah i can see that yeah you don't want to <laughs> travel as much with the kids home and all that yeah but you know when they go to college different story that's what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> yeah starting august i'm like all right i'm gone i'm gonna start traveling more and shooting more location stuff that's farther away yeah. i think yeah for sure what's so when you became okay so your title on linkedin says brand lead What's the difference between what you do now and what you did, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when you first were getting started? Mm. I was, I was traveling. I was traveling a lot. Yeah. And, um, I've went through many episodes of burnout because <laughs> oh, yeah. I was, I was on the go, even with my first child. I mean, cause back then you only had three months off. Uh, oh and then I was back out there on the road. So I was typically traveling every month wow. back then. 
Um, and now, well, now during COVID, obviously we're, nobody's traveling, yeah. but, um, but now I'm sticking closer to home and kind of sending out the troops now. So that's probably the, the biggest difference. Okay. Do you, yeah. so how's it, as far as you having producers under you and then, and then you, do they like look and bring you new photographers and directors and stuff? And then you look at those and narrow that down. And then you take that to creative directors. Is that how that works? Oh, and like in terms of my role? Yeah. Um, so there's probably, I want to say, I don't know, on an average 10 to 12 active Nike projects at a time. Wow. Um, so kind of what the process is, is, you know, Jake and I will be involved in all the briefings and the two of us will kind of figure out who's the appropriate producer for the job okay. and how many different producers it might need. Um, like, for example, because now we're an integrated production team, craft is still very, craft expertise is very important. So often people have majors, but then they have minors as well, because we're, we're trying to get them to flex a little bit more. So obviously, if it's a big shoot, and there's a big, big broadcast spot, there's KVs, key visuals, there's, you know, we'll assign multiple producers. But if it's say, like a small athlete story with a sm smaller budget, you know, it might be a situation where we have a film um, producer produce it, right. but also the stills. And I just work closely with, with them on like finding the photographer, um, negotiating the usage. Um, but a lot of times like Jake and I are like scoping everything out, keeping things moving along, maybe until we can put a producer on it or. Right. So we're all just like keeping things moving over here, over here <laughs> until we can, you know, hot potato it to an actual producer. Sometimes we have to take it ourselves. Um, but yeah, in terms of like finding the artists, sometimes that will be me. I'll, do the initial list, I'll put the person on hold and then pass it off. Right. Or um, like I'm working with a younger producer now who just sent me a list of photographers and I'll just kind of check them out and say who I think, you know, would be best to right. share with the creatives. And yeah, so it's kind of all over the place, a mixture. When you guys do video and stills, how often do you do one where you have a still photographer or a director doing both at the same time. So let's say a still guy doing the motion or a motion guy doing stills as, as well. Has that ever happened? We never do that in theory. Yeah, Cause you sounds... keep hearing that a lot from these, from these reps. Like if you listen to reps talk, they're like, yeah, you stills, you've got to start doing video. You've got to do motion. You've got to do motion. But every art producer I've talked to a creative director, especially on bigger stuff like you're talking about. Yeah. They never do the two. There's always a video crew and there's a still crew. Yeah. It's, I definitely think that photographers should definitely learn how to at least like direct motion. Absolutely. Yeah. Because there are a lot of smaller budget projects that are more um, visual driven, mm -hmm. maybe not as much script or, um, or speaking that. Um, that it's great for a photographer to lead that yeah. and whether he hires a DP because he, for us, it never, it doesn't make sense. Like, especially when you're sharing an athlete or celebrity, because if you have one person that you're either not shooting video or you're not shooting yeah. stills. So you yeah. always want to have 
separate people doing that. Um, so, I mean, on Nike, I would say 95% of our shoots are integrated in conjunction with each other. That's right. always how it's been on Nike because we're sharing an athlete. Um, so we've gotten really good at, even if I bring a photographer in from the outside, typically I will work with production support from TV to make sure it's a really embedded situation. Yeah. But during COVID now I'm starting to really like, you know, look to the director, like who are the photographers you like working with because we're not there on set. So they really yeah. have to know each other and have a good relationship. But, but no, we always hire separate bodies, right. have separate cameras so that, things can be shot simultaneously while it's happening and then dedicated time for each party. You know, and I think that makes sense. This is the first, I have a shoot Friday and it's the first shoot that I'll be doing where I'm actually shooting stills. And then we're going to shoot some video because they want to pull off a 15, 30 second video. Okay. And the cool, the good thing is for me anyway, when I was in college, I was literally probably like two classes away from having a double major in advertising and broadcast production, but uh -huh. I didn't see any reason having a double major in communications. So <laughs> I got out, but most of the shoots I do have been, they're shooting motion and then I'm set up to shoot stills along with it. So either yep. right after they finish shooting or sometimes I'm shooting while they're doing it. And then sometimes yeah. it's literally a, we've set the lighting up to match the motion and they come in and we just nail it because they need stills to match or whatever. But so yeah. this is the first one I've actually had where you hear everybody talking about, or at least reps talking about having to know both. So this Friday will yeah. be the first shoot I've done both at the same time. Yeah, there's definitely a lane for that, for sure. Okay. We're, we're, we're seeing that more and more. Yeah. Um, it's always smaller, yeah. smaller shoots. Yeah, like yeah. this is a small shoot. So it's not, it's not a big shoot. It's for a bigger company, but it's a small shoot for the company. And then yeah. other times I've done video, it's just been strictly video. You know, right. But it's also smaller. I'm not shooting Nike ads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to shoot Nike ads. I'd, no, that would be one where I'd be like, ah, I might have to turn this one down. <laughs> oh, for video? Yeah. Oh, they're probably not. I'd probably hire like some badass DP. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Well, I heard that about, who was it? Jill Benzimon, the photographer. Like, he had never shot a thing in his life. And he was shooting, uh -huh. at one point, he shot everything for Elle magazine. He even had a pseudonym okay. so you wouldn't know that he shot everything. Because he was dating the daughter of the guy who started it. Okay. So he hired all of her Brits as assistants. <laughs> and so he didn't have to know anything except how to push the button on the camera. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. So I'm guessing your favorite person you've ever worked with is Kobe. Yeah. Also the nicest. Yeah. He is definitely, he, yeah, I will say that. The thing about Kobe is um, he really loved advertising. Like he even started his own advertising agency, Zambezi. Wow. So he loved the process. Um, he appreciated like everyone. And there was time, he would always come on time. He would always stay as long as he needed to, to get it done. Um, he would thank us, like bring us all together and, you know, say, I know that you guys have missed family time to make this happen. I appreciate you. Oh, and wow. um, he was just very professional to work with. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I would say that he's definitely one of the nicest and most involved. Did he have any athlete. weird rider on his weird thing in his rider? Um, trying to think. He always had Roscoe's in there. <laughs> and usually some alcohol. I can't remember his alcohol of choice, but yeah, okay. he could throw back after shoots. That's for sure. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> it's fair to do it after the shoot than during the shoot. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. So you've definitely led a very cool life, it sounds like. Where's the coolest place you've traveled to? Um, if you had to go back just to hang someplace, where would that be? Probably Australia. Uh, we went, we went to Australia. The, the one time I've literally shot two other clients in my whole career. It's been like all Nike. And then I did two, two projects, one for like Chrysler and one for Ivory. And we wanted to shoot, uh, lavender fields. And so they weren't in bloom here. So we had to go to Australia and of <laughs> it couldn't be a stock shot. No. Uh, there was no client. And it was lovely. So <laughs> where'd you go it. in Australia? Oh, I have the worst memory. I I don't even know. That's all right. We were just in lavender fields and I loved it. <laughs> Everything I've seen about Australia looks amazing. It looks very pretty. I have a friend who used to um, be an assistant lighting director on every major country music musician uh -huh. tour. And he I guess they just went to the big cities, you know, like okay. Sydney or wherever in Australia. He was like, yeah, whatever, man. He said, it's like going anywhere else in the state. There's a Kmart on the corner and, you know, a Walmart yeah. or whatever. He said, I don't care about Australia. So yeah. For Australia, because I always thought every picture I'd seen of Australia was very cool. And I thought, I'd like to go check it out. And they said, that. I was like, all right, well, maybe not. <laughs> How was that flight? It was long. I mean, it was so long ago now. That was pre-kids. Yeah. But it was long. The other cool place was um, Switzerland. Switzerland was that, so Yeah. Oh, yeah. Switzerland. We went to the Swiss Alps. Um, and that was that was amazing. Did you go in the winter? Yeah. yeah. I was skiing. I was skiing down really? the Swiss Alps. Yeah. Wow. It was nice. How cold yeah. was that? Oh, it was, it was cold. I was trying to do too much. And, um, we were shooting some skier and I forgot her name now, unfortunately, but, um, I went up to the top just to make sure my photographer was getting everything he needed. And I, my fingers started going numb and I was kind of freaking out. Um, really? so the medic had me put him on his stomach and I was starting to get feeling back, but yeah, they had to race me down. Um, it was, it was cold. Wow. All right. <laughs> I was like, you just send me the images down here. It'll be fine. We <laughs> <laughs> had that happen one time and we were doing a shoot and we were on a boat going to the location and the models fingers were starting to turn blue. And I was like, what the hell do we do? And some, there was a um, person on the boat whose husband was a doctor. Yeah. And, and for some reason I was just like, what do we do? She goes, turn, stick them down her pants. Went, yeah. Okay. And she did it. And they were all like, I never would have thought of that, but yeah. That yeah. 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 But you had to put on the next chest. Stomach. Yeah. I was, like... <laughs> was he hot? <laughs> or he just no. <laughs> but he had a warm stomach. Oh, well, that's all that matters. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> oh my God. So you guys must stay pretty busy. Yeah, we definitely pump out 
the stuff. How did you do it? So for the last year, how have you been doing it? You've been working from home and all that? Yeah. Yeah. Everything is remote. So um, we usually, we, we, we look to hire local. And yeah. again, all the shoots that I've been a part of are in conjunction with TV. Um, so we'll, we'll have like our main unit there in town, the director, the photographer, you know, just the small crew and client and agency. We, we zoom in. Right. Um, and get a screen just, view kind yeah. of deal. Yeah. Yeah. We have the whole feed coming through. Um, and then we're just all on zoom and it is different because when you're on set, you know, you can have all these like side conversations right. Yeah. and you're just, you're all together. So we all the not texting are, each other. Yeah. There's still <laughs> text going on. Um, but yeah, it's nice. And it's so funny because you can go from like LA to New York shoot in like two minutes. And don't even leave the house. <laughs> What'd you say? No. And don't even leave the house. Yeah. Yeah. That part's yeah. good. Although yeah. I did one the other day and we were doing that. We were sharing the screen and uh, one of the art directors, I actually had an art director on set. Okay. But there was another art director in LA, or maybe two art directors in LA watching uh -huh. and then the client was also watching and okay. everybody had different opinions on what we needed to do <laughs> how we needed to shoot and yeah. it was funny because the art director on set was just getting so pissed off about the whole thing he was just like nobody's here they don't know this or that or whatever and i was just going well you know we'll that's what they want we'll shoot it that way we'll try and you know yeah. we'll do what we can make it happen but it was good i guess he didn't think it was the greatest thing but yeah. 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 It's good. hard. It's hard. Yeah. Um, but there's also something nice. I'm finding that it's nice to just, I think our clients are pretty understanding yeah. of the situation. Um, so they're not as picky That's as good. they typically would be on set. Right. Um, and it's nice to just like have just the main people there just kind of doing their thing. Yeah. you know, without all the, all the voices. When but, did you guys start shooting again? Did you take, was there a time where you weren't shooting? Why during this COVID thing? Yeah. Back? In the very beginning, um, we weren't, we weren't on set shooting. It was very much like existing footage, existing right, imagery, right. illustration. How long did that last? I'm trying to remember. I feel like the first couple, few months. Yeah. 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 For me, it was, I literally sat around. Well, the good thing was I completely, I met Maria, my new agent, yeah. um, got rid of my old agent, redid my entire website. So it was good, but it was four, four and a half months or more. I mean, yeah. not shooting, which is yeah. the longest I'd gone without actually working since I was 15 years old, I think. Yeah. That was wild. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a, you know, and I know a lot of photographers were like doing shoots via zoom. Yeah. I was like, how does that even work? I'm confused, but we, we never did it that way, but I know that was happening. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out <laughs> really how it works and how the quality is decent. I saw some <laughs> people doing it. I was like, I don't know. I don't know that I could look at that later and be okay with it, but what was right. the guy shot the Royal, what's the name? Harry and Megan or whatever on an uh -huh. iPad somehow. Right. Time. I, I know. I was like, is that just like the 
screen, you know, shift for whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I was like, how is that? Did he have control of the iPad and he's shooting it? Or I don't understand how that worked, but okay. Yeah. Are you guys going to go back to the office at any point? Have they said? Good question. Um, so I think starting July, there'll be a small group of people that will come into the office um, that just can't maybe have a hard time working at home or yeah. like me, I have horrible internet where I live. So, um, but I don't see until early next year to like everyone's fully back. Yeah. Um, so many people are working from all different places right now. Do you think they'll keep but, any form of that? Like a hybrid thing? I think so. Yeah. I think it's going to be very flexible. Um, especially starting out. Like I could see maybe three days a week in the office. Right. But you still need, you know, any meeting that you have in person, you're going to have to have the Zoom capability for people not there. So it's, it's going to be interesting trying to figure out how to go back to normal life. Oh, yeah. Or I don't think we'll ever go back. There'll be some, you know, I don't know. It's, it's going to no, be I think weird. You're probably right. My wife, she's COO of an outpatient rehab um, for drug and alcohol abuse. They've been doing okay. everything remote zoom since i guess the 13th was what a saturday so then sunday or friday saturday so like the 16th 17th of march you know of 2020 yeah. and they um have been doing it up until now they're still doing it but they decide that this week they're going to have a meeting where everybody in the building or you know all the employees are coming back to meet in person to do their normal in-person meeting yeah. And they're having problems getting people to come back in. So I'm like, oh, I've got a doctor's appointment that day. Or I got something really? else scheduled that day. And it's like, uh, you're supposed to be work <laughs> working. I know. Seriously. It amazes me the number of people who will literally tell her, oh, today I am cooking this. And I just took my kid here. And I took, you know, I'm doing this. I'm like, they're telling you that? She's like, yeah. yeah. I, was like, I can't believe that you have the balls to tell you that that's what they're doing when they're supposed to be working. Right. <laughs> I know. It's like, you know. Tell me a good reason why you need me in the office. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. She had somebody say, I can't because my my housekeeper's coming that day and I got to clean up, straighten up before the housekeeper gets here. Yeah. I, oh, I don't People got a taste of freedom. They're like, mm. yeah. So I don't know that, that works as an excuse for why I can't come into work. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the other thing. We've proven that we're capable of working from yes. home. You know, so yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. I have a friend who's a, a producer in New York and she said she doesn't know that they'll ever go back. That yeah. They, they all need to meet in person. They'll, you know, reserve a meeting room or something and go and do that. But mostly right. I'll be working from home. Who knows yeah. if it ends up being that way, but I could see it. Yeah. Or yeah. I just money miss... they could save. The company totally. could save. Yeah. It, it doesn't make sense um, to just drive in. Yeah. 30 minutes in 30 minutes out and sit in the building when you, but I definitely miss the social part of it. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, I struggle, like I said, with the internet is a real thing where I'm at. So I'll definitely be going in. Where do you live? Like how I live, out? I'm about 20 minutes out of Portland. Okay. Um, out like I don't know if you've been to Portland, but like Savi's Island area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I'm like up in the hills and. Ah, that's yeah. pretty. It's pretty, but trying to download a Getty image takes <laughs> like five hours. <laughs> I like the wood thing going on in the background. 
Yeah, this is actually um, my office for my soul regression work. Oh, I was like, let me tell me about that. Okay. When I told, all right, when Maria told me about that, I thought very cool. I told my wife about that. She about lost her mind. How cool it is. Yeah. I want to know about it, but I want the first question I ask before you tell me about it is, yeah. Can you hypnotize people over Zoom? Wait, say that again. Do you do like a hypnotize people, hypnosis kind of thing? Can you do that over Zoom? Yes. Yes, I do remote and in person and and they're just as powerful. Because we tried it years ago. I think it was, I can't remember if we had just had our oldest daughter or if it was right before we had our oldest daughter. But we paid Sylvia, you know who Sylvia Brown is? I don't. Uh I don't know, my wife was all into her reading her books. Well, she was coming to Charlotte. Well, not her, it ended up she sent somebody to Charlotte to do a past life regression thing. Oh, okay. My wife did it. Out like that, like saw herself on a prairie, saw herself yep. in Switzerland, saw herself sitting above her grandfather, listening to him and talking to him. Wow. You know what I, did? I laid on a couch in a hotel room for an hour with my eyes closed, listening yeah. to some chick go, go down the escalator. <laughs> Where are you? And I'm like, I'm here laying on a couch in a hotel room. Ah. I could not do it. I could not do it. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to because I was paying like $250 to do it. And this was like 1999, 2000. And yeah. I, was, I wanted to do it. I just could not. I don't know why. I just couldn't get it. Interesting. Yeah. Reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's definitely self hypnosis. Um, I, I, I haven't had any issues yeah. with anyone not um, going to a past life. Um, I usually tell people I'll give them like a practice, um, induction just to get used to my voice. Um, and then I just make sure they don't have much caffeine the night before the day uh-huh. of, and I usually recommend like going on a walk cause that will like calm the mind. Um, but yeah, you should definitely, you should try it again. Don't be scared. Well, yeah, that's what she <laughs> told me. She's like, we well, need to do it again. We need to do it again. And I told her. Yeah. Yeah, I told my oldest daughter yesterday, and she was like, "Ooh, really?" And I said, "Yeah." So she's she's thinks it sounds very cool. Yeah, both yeah. I'm doing. I, I I would love to do it because I would really like to know. My only concern is that I'd do the exact same thing again. That I would just lay there and just go. Yeah, I've I've had a couple people that are more like left brain individuals that are a little bit more analytical. Um, where I I'll do like a second induction. I'll do, or I'll do like a lengthier induction to really relax them um, and just kind of remind them because it, like information can come through various ways. Um, and, and usually people that are a little bit more analytical, it comes, it'll come through as thoughts. It'll just drop in your head as thoughts. So you may be like, okay, this is just my mind. But if you keep communicating them and keep following them, you kind of get deeper into trance as you do that. And before yeah. you know it, you're like, oh shit, I'm definitely in a past life right now. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Okay. So yours on your website, it says it's a therapy as well. How's the, so tell take me through the whole thing tell me how it works. Yeah. Tell me what the deal is with it. Cause I'm really interested in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll just quickly like how I fell into it. I, I was at a bookstore and I, and I saw this book. It was like, the like evolving, evolving soul, like healing your soul through past life 
incarnations or something. And I was like, what? Um, and I ended up reaching out to the woman, Linda Backman, who is, she's like world renowned soul regression therapist. And she learned from like the father of past life soul regression, Michael oh, Newton. Wow. And of course she just, she's from Colorado, but she just happened to be in Eugene like that next month. And I'm like, of course. So, um, yeah. So I was like, okay, I got to do it. And, um, it was, it was so life-changing for me. I can't even, I didn't even know what I was getting myself into and I'd never done hypnosis. Um, and I went into actually a couple past lives. Uh, Most people stay in one past life. I went to a couple. Um, but the clarity that I got was insane. Essentially, essentially what it is, is through, through hypnosis, um, I'll take people into a past life. Um, and you're always shown past lives because in some way they're like affecting your life today. Right. Um, so a lot of times you'll be shown like maybe why you have anxieties about certain things, fears around certain things, you may see a life that you've shared with another person that like explains the relation, like the dynamics of the relationship now. Um, but whatever it is, whatever you're shown, it's like you're shown because it, it's, it's affecting your life. Right. Um, so yeah, so I'll do like a hypnosis induction. Um, we'll go to a few scenes from a past life. And all this information is coming through various Claire's um, Claire cognizant, which is a big one. It's like information is being dropped down. Um, clairvoyance imagery, uh, clairsentience is a big one. Like you will, you will know, like all of a sudden you'll just be like crying. Like you'll, you'll feel right. the emotion um, into the death scene of that life. Um, and then into spirit where, communication with spirit guides, um, deceased loved ones often come forward and whatever questions that you have that you're trying to get the answer on, I'll ask those and the answers come before I even finish asking the question. Really? Yeah. So it it just, it just provided so much clarity for me at that life, why I have anxiety about certain things you know, the purpose of certain life events happening. Does it help? Um, Did it help clear up your anxiety about things or just? Yeah, because it's once you can identify, sometimes it's like that comes from in life today, but sometimes it comes from past lives. And once you can kind of identify there's, there's, it's so powerful. Once you can identify like the root of it, um, there's a release that happens. It's, it's wild. So it's like one of the most like therapeutic things because you can go straight to the source of the issue. Um, there's this book called like many lives, many masters. Yeah. I don't know I think if my you... wife has that one. Yeah. So there's a lot of like psycho psychiatrists that do age regression where the, you they'll use hypnosis to take someone back to their childhood trauma. But what they were finding is like people were going to past lives to, to get to the root of some issues. Um, so yeah, it's just like amazing work. It's super transformative and yeah. You should How long have you been doing that? 
Um, couple years now. How did yeah. you learn to do it? Um, yes, I went through the training. Yeah. Um, I, I flew to Colorado and trained with Linda. Okay. And then you have to do a certain amount of like practice sessions um, right. and then write up certain amount of like case studies uh, and then go through the um, certification process and stuff. But yeah. Yeah. So I definitely do that. Um, I try and do it every weekend. I have clients, but um, yeah, definitely a couple times a month. I'll is that where you out doing that? Is it tiring to you or is it just some sessions? Some, some sessions, some, you know, because you take on like the energy sometimes. Um, and that, that is the cool thing about this work. When you're, when you're under hypnosis, you're so relaxed because people are often worried about if they see really intense situations. Um, first, you're never going to be, everything that's shown is for your higher good. Um, right. you need to be shown that, but there's this crazy separation that happens when you're under hypnosis and you're totally awake and alert, clear. You remember everything. You're just, you're just super relaxed. So right. as you're viewing everything, as you're getting this, these, this information from your guides or your deceased loved ones, um, it's, there's like a, an emotional separation from it. Okay. So and it's, and it's often things like very emotional things that people, some of their questions that they have when they're in spirit, um, but they're answered and you're in such a relaxed state that you can, that you can like have an open, you can have an open conversation. Yeah, you can accept it and the information can flow through perfectly. Yeah. I that. My wife, when hers, she was saw herself being burned mm -hmm. at some point she was um living on a she did like four saw herself like four or five different lives like one yeah. on the prairie one in like rome or greece and that's where she was burned and died mm. and there was one where she was switzerland or someplace because she saw the she saw or holland she saw wooden shoes okay and she was talking to her grandfather who died ahead of her and he apologized for being an alcoholic and an asshole yeah and uh maybe something else i can't remember she had it all on tape and then she gave it to my dad to listen to and he lost the tape <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and then mine was just completely i think they gave me a tape of something else because mine was just totally useless there was no point in giving <laughs> my tape for me <laughs> Yeah, like, no, I've had, it's, it's awesome because I've had multiple sessions where, you know, clients will have really challenging relationships in life today with like one of their parents, and then they'll see a past life that they shared with that soul. And it explains so much. Like I'm thinking of one woman where she, um, she had lost her husband in a war in Spain. And that's, what's cool is like, I was always horrible in history growing up. Um, and then, you know, clients will say specific years and locations and I'll go and research it later. And I'm like, Oh my God, they said it was this year. And usually people are pretty within either they're spot on with the years or they're within like 10 years oh, wow. um, in the location. And anyway, her husband had died in the war. And after that, she just like, basically, just couldn't be a, a mom. Like she was just absent. And, um, 
she couldn't be, you know, the mother that her daughter needed. And she just kind of checked out, to be honest. Right. Um, and that soul is the soul of her mother today, which she always felt like her, her mother never accepted her, but she realized, oh, you know, it wasn't that she couldn't accept me is that I failed her as a mom in a past life. Um, and they really repaired. She just saw her mom in a different light right. and they were able to repair that relationship. Um, and her mom passed a couple months after that. And so oh, wow. for her, it was, it was amazing to be able to repair that relationship. Do you talk this stuff through with these people when they come out of the hypnosis? Do you guys have like a, We'll do a process session kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'll do like an interview up front just, and, and that's me using my own intuition of like yeah. things to ask that are kind of coming to me. And that's so that I can kind of connect the dots. Um, once I take them to a past life and we come out of that, I'll more so help them process. Like, I wonder if that came forward that relates to this and okay. yeah. And we'll, and we'll process for about 30 minutes after a session. Um, but then I usually set up like a post-processing session, like a couple okay. weeks after, because a lot of things will start to connect like right. days after weeks after. All right. Yeah. So yeah. A lot of the stuff like just pops into your head about people while you're, you know, either talking to them on this or just mm -hmm. in life in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've just learned to trust that. Um, and, and usually when I'm doing a session, I'm, I'm getting downloads of which questions to ask. Right. Um, and, and a lot of times my clients will say like that, that was the perfect question to ask, like, or they're about to communicate it and I'll ask the question or, you know, I'll, I'll know when to maybe bring them back into time to give us better clarity of like, why that's happening in the past life. So I just really try and trust my intuition. Yeah. Um, especially when we're in, in spirit after they've died in that past life and their soul goes into spirit. Um, when I'm working with like spirit guides or deceased loved ones, um, just trying to make sure I steer, steer it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> on yeah, track. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever get any downloads just like of people at work? <laughs> or on jobs and tell yeah. you like, this is going to be good or this is going to be difficult or. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I just been trying to trust my gut more. I feel like I yeah. get a lot of messages in my stomach. Okay. You know, you just but know. That's why they say trust your gut because you feel it. Trust your gut. Yeah. yeah. And then also for me, um, because what's, what's happening, you know, when you, when you get into like a flow, you're, you're in a calm state of mind. And that's often when the downloads come through. So for me, going on a drive, you know, like exercising, I feel like I'm more inspired, or I can figure out things right. a lot more when I'm in, in that space. So I've been just trying to apply that to work too. Like if I'm sitting here at my computer, and I'm just like, stuck, like, how do I want to solve this production problem? Or like, who's the right artist for this? I'll just go on a drive or, and usually the information comes. Oh, that's that cool. way. So just trying to apply how I show up in my spiritual life more right. to this, this side of things. Um, helping your daughters deal like with any of this and trusting that or accept it and or have the oh, same they, kind of skill. 
They think I'm weird. <laughs> they're teenagers. That's that's their job. I think is to think you're weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. My yeah. wife tells my daughters to do stuff, and I'm not doing that in front of my friends. <laughs> yeah. You no, know, I'll try and build up their their intuition by okay. I'm thinking of a number. I'm sending it to you. What number is it? You know, we do stuff like that all the time, but. That's cool though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My my oldest daughter, I think she doesn't, I think she just, she has a good feeling about a lot of people a lot of times because she'll be like, that person's weird or I can't right. deal with that person. And you figure out later, it's like, all right, they were a little freaky. Yeah. Something like that. I'm definitely a little bit more sensitive to people's energy. Um, you know, when I'm working with a group of people, like our jobs are already hard enough as it is. Yeah. And so if you're working with not so nice people or people that have not so great energy, like I feel like it, it really affects me more than it used to. And maybe yeah. I'm just a little bit more sensitive to people's energy now, but yeah. Definitely could be. I used to do a <laughs> lot of, um, a lot of model testing when I first started shooting uh-huh. full time, I was basically traveling the country shooting for modeling agencies and you know mm-hmm. they bring in a bunch of little newbie wannabe models you shoot two three looks on them which was good in the fact that it taught me how to work quickly and work yeah. wherever i'm tossed into so that part was great yeah what was rough was you'd have all these people in one room so you'd have all these little models their parents coming in they having to do hair and makeup you'd go shoot you'd come in there are all these people there were times where I would just have to, I couldn't do it. I would walk in the yeah. room, download the images or whatever. And I would, I guess I wasn't downloading, I was shooting film. So yeah. I'd come in and drop the film off. And then I would have to walk out of the room and have the makeup artist tell me, let me know when they're ready. I can't deal with whatever's going on in the room right now. And it, for me, it was yeah. never like I'm picking up on somebody evil or nothing like that. It was just like, it was wearing me out. Yeah. For reason. So yeah. I can't imagine yeah. being more like you and really picking up on stuff or like Maria's brother, Bernard, who evidently has dead people show up and at any point <laughs> walk around <laughs> and they see and I'm like, I couldn't, no, I don't think I can handle that at all. That yeah. Yeah. You should check out. So there's this show, um, surviving death on, uh, Netflix all right. and, um, there's six episodes. The first one is about near death experiences um, which was interesting. And the last one, the sixth episode is about reincarnation. Um, and there's a ton of research that has been done out of the university of Virginia. Um, it started with Ian Stevenson and now Jim Tucker is, um, is continuing the work, but where they prove, you know, children that have experienced, um, past lives and usually like they'll, they remember these past lives, their first few years, and then and start forgetting like around age seven. Yeah, I'd heard that um, before. Yeah, yeah, but it's really it's it's super interesting. Uh, just the you know the scientific part of it, like um, proving certain cases, and it's wild. I'll tell you really quick. There was when I was watching it, there was this kid. He was he was about two or three, and he was in the back seat of the car with his mom, you know, his mom was driving and they went by a park and he was like, Oh, I used to love going to the park with my mom. And she was like, Oh, you with me. And he was like, no, no, my, my other mom. 
um, you know, when I used to be in my other life, when I was Jalen Robinson and she was like, okay. And he was like, but you know, I, I was killed when I was a year and a half and she's like, okay. And she was like, well, what was your mom's name? And he's like, Washington. So that night she was like, okay, let me Google Jalen Robinson. Sure enough, five years prior to him being born, there was a kid, Jalen Robinson in Brooklyn who died when he was 18. Uh, His babysitter had killed him. The mom's name was like Kira Washington. Really? She was like, what the fuck? Wow. (laughs) She had heard about the Jim Tucker, the research they were doing at university of Virginia called him. And this is all being filmed. Like they brought him out. And what he did was he, he printed off like five different parks. One of the parks was the park in Brooklyn that Jalen would go to as a kid, five different mothers, five different fathers, so on. And they're filming this. And he asks, which park was the park you went to? And the kid without even thinking about it was like, boom, 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 five out of five. Wow. It's, it's so wild. That's um, a trip. Yeah. It's fascinating. All right. I'm definitely watching that. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I mean, there's certain places like I really like France. I like Paris. I yeah. feel comfortable there. And right. I don't know if it means I've had a past life there because obviously Probably. I never found out. But yeah, I mean, I've always been into the France and Paris is a place where I just kind of like, it feels good yep. here. Yeah. And usually, and, and a lot of times people that you meet where you're just like, I just met you, but I know you. Oh, yeah. You know, you guys, you probably shared a past life. Yeah. Um, I always had a huge fear of getting in a car accident. Um, there was multiple times with my ex where he would be driving and I, I'd be so freaked out, pull over, get out the car, I'm driving. And I had, in my past life, I had died in a car accident. Oh, wow. Um, my fiance was driving. I told him slow his ass down. Um, <laughs> but it explains so much. And now it's just like that fear isn't as strong for me anymore right. because I, I, I know where it comes from. But yeah, so many things, so many things. It's helped me navigate. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. My wife is pretty sure she drowned in a past life because she can't, she likes water, but she's not, she yeah. hates having her head underwater in any kind of way. Yeah. yeah. And then she's at our old house. She used to watch every time I would leave to go out of town. Cause when the girls were younger, I would, I was traveling more. And she said, every time I left, she just thought she was never going to see me again. Yeah. The same thing about her dad. Her dad would be literally just late for dinner and she would think he's dead. Yeah. yeah. So I guess it's a past life thing on that too. I would have said, yeah. This has been very cool. Yeah. Thank you so Beautiful. much. Thank you. All right, I want to ask you one last question. And I'll let you go. Yeah. Yeah. What's the strangest, most interesting or most exciting thing that's happened to you either at Widen or with the past life regression thing, either one. Okay. Well, you know, I'm well, you can do on, one of each. I'm going to end on Kobe. Okay. Um, yeah. So, you know, when it comes to shooting, it doesn't matter if you're an NBA star or a five, five female. And right. for years I was talking shit to him every shoot, dude, you know, I could get you in a game of horse, you know, I can get you in a game of horse. And one time he was at Wyden, he showed up at Wyden 
And I was like, we got to, we got to play, you know? And unfortunately I was in heels though that day, but <laughs> I didn't slip. Um, but it was wild. The hoop was like that big that day. And I could not miss. Really? I could not miss. And um, could he, he miss? Was, he was, yeah, he was missing. Um, he was down three letters. And then like everyone is like starting to crowd. And I was like, oh my God, should I be nervous? Like, this is like for the NCAA championships. Like, <laughs> like you know, and I started to get in my head a little bit. Um, and he was down three letters, H-O-R, had zero. And he transformed. I saw the black mamba. Really? And I was like, oh shit. He was like, I'm about to find your weakness. I was like, oh shit. Okay. So he like did a left-handed hook. And I was like, that's my shit, dude. That, that was like my thing. Did a left-handed hook. He went behind the backboard. I don't know how I made it. I'm going to send you the footage. I have a couple clips. Yes, please. Made, made that shit. And I was like, oh my God. My spirit guides were like <laughs> in the hoop for me. And uh, then he started shooting some shit. Like he was baseline three NBA three behind the backboard. Oh. Made it. I was like, first I was pissed because I'm like, let's shoot straight up, like not the trick shots. But then right. I'm like, oh my God, you're making this. That's unbelievable. You know, NBA three off the backboard straight on. Um, then he was shooting left-handed. Um, and he got me, he got me by one letter. Um, really? And I didn't talk for like a week. I was so mad. I was in my feelings, but that was probably the coolest thing. That was the best experience. Okay, that's very at widen. Yeah. Yeah. Send yeah. me that video. I want to <laughs> see that. Yeah, I definitely want to see that. That's, oh wow. Yeah, that would stick with you forever, I would think. Yeah. To only lose by one. Yeah, that would make me mad too. <laughs> yeah. I, I know three. it was that close to being on Sports Center, right? Exactly. Yeah, you would have been on Sports Center too if you had beat him. In heels. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, God, Crystal, thank you. This was really cool. Yeah. Thank you so much. I enjoyed I it. So it cool really you're doing fun. this. Yeah. Thanks for doing. Thanks for agreeing, and thanks to Maria for hooking us up. Yeah. yeah definitely. Killer.